Hi guys, welcome to the fifth episode of Slow Spin Society Podcast. I'm Fabian, and today with Paul, we'll be talking about bikepacking and trackpacking more specifically. So what is bikepacking? How do you guys get into it? What should you know? We'll try to discuss most of it today. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode five. And yeah, bikepacking and trackpacking is a huge subject. There's a lot to talk about. So we'll try to stay organized during this episode. But I can't promise anything, really. So, yeah, we'll try to do as best as we can. We already tried to record that episode once. And we had to record again for different reason that you can actually learn by listening to the pre-show. We also talked about weird Netflix documentaries and foldable bikes. Yes. So... To start off with bikepacking, it's like we said, it's a massive topic, right? So first off, what is bikepacking? People understand bikepacking as in taking stuff on in bags on your bike, cycling somewhere and sleeping there. That's like the general idea of bikepacking, right? Yeah. But then underneath that, there's also like people that do cannonballs, uh, cannonball runs. It's like 200Ks in one go or they just take some clothes with and a credit card and they sleep in a different city in some hotel after cycling a day and then there's also taking everything with and camping in the wild in the campsite or wherever so these are like the main different bikepacking ways i think yeah they are and also mentioning that you can bikepack in every terrain really there is like bikepacking on the pavement when you're with your road bike or bikepacking on gravel paths single tracks with a mountain bike there's really every like a lot of different types of bikepacking really, but today we're going to talk, because this is the Slow Spin Society podcast, right? We're going to talk more into track packing. So bikepacking with your fixed gear or track bike. Yeah. So when people think like, oh, bro, you have you have a track bike, it has one gear. How can you do that, man? You always have to pedal. Like that, it sounds kind of like, um, yeah, ridiculous that one would do a long bike tour or like hundreds of kilometers in a week on a track bike, right? But it's doable and we'll show you how you can do that. And one of the most important things to track biking is you need a track bike, right? Yeah. So what kind of track bike would we recommend? So there is like so many options for bike fits that we can uh, tackle a little, bit, a little bit into, like your handlebar, your saddle, your pedals, your shoes. But the main, the main thing at the end is being on a bike that you feel comfy with and that you know, really having a bike that you know every nicks and knacks, you know where it can rig or like how to fix it. Uh, and being on a bike that you're confident with, where you're comfortable in, on your saddle is really the most important thing because you're going to spend entire days on your saddle so yeah so if you so although weight makes a big difference in bikepacking it's it's easy to think that oh i should just get a super lightweight titanium uh, aluminum or carbon bike whatever but then if you don't have any experience with it and something happens on the road in the middle of nowhere you're kind of out of luck so and you and you know yourself best and your bike best and how to deal with it that's why we recommend 
I think it's the best idea to just stick to what you know if you're going to be with it for a long extended time. 100%. Like trying a new saddle the day you plan to do 200Ks and probably another 200 the next day is not a good idea. Yeah. So like take whatever you're comfortable with it. and that, that concerns handlebars, pedals, shoes, saddles, whatever you're the most comfortable with, that's probably the best idea to start with. So for handlebar, there are the two main options, I think, which is in the fixed gear community, that's wide bars or risers, or you know, like those type of bars. Yep. And drop bars. And I think Paul and I, we have different different preferences when it comes to this. Yeah, you're more of a drop bar guy, right? Yeah. So I, pr I prefer drop bars, especially for like long distance because of the... Yeah, the hand positions you can have. I think it's really useful that you can move your hands around and it's, it's, because after a while, having one hand position is probably, for me at least, it gets really uncomfortable. But that also depends on you, on yourself then. Like you, you prefer wide bars, right? Well, I did both. I did track packing with wide bars and with drop bars. Wide bars, uh, I feel for me at least, they're comfy because it makes if they are wide i ride like 750 millimeters so it's pretty wide it's pretty out there and for me it opens my chest a lot because my arms are so spread out so breathing is easier and like i have that a little bit more upright position uh for long distance it's, it's yeah. easier right uh draw bars also really cool if i have like a stem uh, that rise a little bit, uh, not really like I have like a six degree stem, so it's not completely flat when you see your bike from a profile, right? It's it's just yeah. rise a little bit, and it 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 makes it for me. I have like a pretty good position, and I can ride as long as you as I want, really. Yeah, I can fit more stuff with wide bars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's also one thing then to see of what you're taking with. And then there's also for handlebars, the in-between. So <laughs> some people, <laughs> like the professionals at least that go like ultra distance, they normally or often they have like clip-on TT bars, right? Yes. And so most of the time I see that with drop bars, but I think it's also possible with wide bars. And then you have the option of using like the, the hoods or the wide bars in the city and then you switch to TT position when you're just going straight and fast yeah it also really depends on your pace right yeah if you have like a pretty slow pace and it's more of like a relaxing thing that you're going from a to b to camp and you know you're gonna you're not gonna arrive too late like everything is fine then yeah why not flat bars right but if yeah. you're more into performance and doing like a cannonball or you really want to get they're as fast as possible, then probably drop bar is a better option for you. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, yeah, like we said, saddle is important. So whatever fits your butt the best, that's what you know the best. That just stick with that. No reason to change. Yes, hundred percent. Don't um, go. Don't go with like a stupidly thin carbon saddle just to save weight on. Yeah. <laughs> comfort is really like one of the key things with bikepacking or being on the bike for a long time. I think that's the most important thing then. 
Yeah, but bro, the uh, carbon saddle flex, it's actually really comfy. No, it's not. <laughs> Can't feel my nuts anymore, but worth it, man. <laughs> and then, of course, the final one of the final things about bike fit is also pedals and shoes. Yes. So, so with, with track packing, always full retention. Whether it's cages, straps, or clipless. But I think especially for bike packing, or yeah, track packing rather, clipless really like shines because you have extra weight to carry. And being able to pull up more efficiently is important. Yeah, the fact you. that you might go uphill with your weight, the weight of your bike, and also the weight of everything you carry, right? Uh, you might want clipless pedals, but if, as usual, if you plan to do something with a pretty low pace, then any kind, every kind of foot retention is fine, really, as long as you have some. Yeah. And then as well, like with clipless, people often think that, oh, I don't have to bring a second pair of shoes. But with most mountain bike shoes, you can just walk around in them comfortably. Like not, I wouldn't say comfortably, it's just fine. Yeah. But like you, you're, just, you're not going to have much trouble walking around in them. And on the topic of that, Adidas released a new pair of shoes this week, I believe. Right? Yes, uh, they did. I don't remember the name, but they released like uh, a shoe that, looks like a sneaker right and it's actually a, a clipless shoe uh it looks okay it looks pretty good and i heard that when you walk your uh, clip doesn't actually touch the ground so that's a plus that's but, a plus yeah yeah but on on a bike packing trip whatever shoe you take take it another pair of something comfy you know if it's even like flip-flops or crocs i don't know what you're wearing just take something that you can wear at the end of the day because really you you want to be out of there you want to be out of those shoes that you've been in all day and sweating and everything yeah they need to take a rest as well i think yes on the topic of track packing as well and track bikes in general there's a big question of gear ratio for everything gear ratio skid patches all these different things the answer is easy <laughs> there's well, an easy answer to, for everything there might be what you're used to in the city let's just say I'll say I'll say it okay 4917 right that's what, what everyone is thinking right now <laughs> 4917 is like the most common most like all round option there is it might be perfect for the city it might be perfect for going to the supermarket or whatever but you also have to take account of the route you want to do your tour on your bikepacking trip yes if there's lots of hills or no hills if there's no hills, maybe go a bit heavier. If there's lots of hills, maybe go a bit lighter. So you just have to think about what you're comfortable at for a long time without stopping and for days on end. So 4917 might not be the perfect one after all then. Sorry, I have to say it. But... Oh my God. No, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> so, yeah. so gear ratio is one thing to look out for as well. It's, 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 I think it might be something easier to forget sometimes. And still on the subject of track packing. Uh, and riding track bike, the fact do you do you ride brakes or not? The answer here is also easy. If you need to stop yourself and your bike, you're probably looking at I don't know a seven kilo or eight kilo bike. Then if you need to stop that weight plus the weight of everything you carry again, you're gonna fuck your knees up. <laughs> really. <laughs> 
Yeah, and after doing like a hundred k in a day, I don't think you'll you'll want to do that anymore. Trying to skid yeah. after a long day and stuff, I think you'll just be like, "Okay, damn, I'm going too fast. I guess this is it, guys." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, you'll, you'll thank yourself. <laughs> so I guess like having breaks and the option of of just having like a safe, reliable, and and really easy, just like squeezing your hand yeah. way to stop at the end of a day. It's it's really worth it. When you're carrying so much stuff, in the end, bike packing is really about being comfy and confident in your gears. So, if having a break can give you that extra peace of mind, then yeah, go with it.、Uh, if you're doing a cannonball and all you have is a survival blanket with you and a bowl of water. <laughs> Then no breaks, baby. Go on. I don't know, like four point oh gear ratio, and just like rip it. At. One rotation there. <laughs>、uh, but yeah, like one another thing about track track bikes in general is that people like how simple it is, right? There's nothing, no derailleur that can be bent or like some gears that can be slightly off center. It just it chain line. Fuck it. One centimeter left, right. It works anyway. Who cares? But on a bike packing trip. Take your tools with. You never know what can happen. Hundred percent. Yeah. So normal tools like a wrench for your rear wheel and like a multi tool. That's normally that's fine for ninety percent of the problems. But then, like if you take extra tape or zip ties, that can fix stuff that you wouldn't expect to be broken. Like you never know. And I think Paul, some you had to use zip ties or something or tape in the past, right? Yeah, electrical tape. Like tape and zip ties are little. Are those little lifesaver items that you want with you? Really,、uh, one time I was on track packing trip and a friend had you know those mountain bike shoes, and they close with like the boa system. So you basically have like a wire uh, that uh, is your lace, right? It goes like like a, a lace around your shoe, and you close it with a little turning thingy, rotating thing. Yeah. And that rotating thing decided to break, like out of nowhere, really. <laughs>、uh, and so we just taped his shoe, and he went home easily, really.、Uh, so、yeah. those are the kind of things you want with you, even if you're not sure you're gonna use it. Just take it, really. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have could have anticipated the 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 turning thing falling off or just simply not functioning anymore. Yeah. So yeah, lucky you tape then, or just take shoes with normal laces. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too.、Um, finally, not yeah, well, not finally, but another important thing to remember when bikepacking is bring enough water, water bottles. Track bikes normally don't come with bottle cage mounts, but if they do, put some bottles there. If they don't. By like the the strap, the bottle cages that you can just strap around the down tube or whatever. Yes. But really important to bring enough water, even if it's an extra one or two kilos. That's the weight that's worth spending. Yes, you definitely want that extra water, also to give you again that extra peace of mind that if you want, if you're going from A to B and you're not sure what's in between, then you know you'll have enough water, right? Yeah. But simple rule of thumb, really. Whatever water you take with you, just double it. And if you never take water with you while commuting, take take some now. Really, <laughs> hydrate yourself. 
What, hydro homies, really. Yeah, that's hydro homies. And on the topic of not knowing what's in between A and B, a GPS, so a GPS like bike computer mount and the, yeah, the bike computer itself. So this is more of like a, I mean, I see it more with like road bikes, of course, the roadies that use a GPS tracker to track like their Strava stats and their wattage and everything. But I think like the map feature is really useful for, for bikepacking or trackpacking. Yeah. And then after you can share all your six Strava stats with your friends. Yeah. If you have the paid yeah. version. <laughs> and if you have friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's really useful because you never know where you might be or if you want to take a spontaneous detour or adventure. It's always nice to like keep track of where you want to be in the end. Yeah. And like paper maps are so 1900s, right? Yeah. I don't think I... they even make them anymore. <laughs> I don't even know how to read a map. No, just kidding. But... What's a map, man? <laughs> okay, yeah, but... Wait, is there just no I am here point on it? It's where I, <laughs> where am I? How am I using this? <laughs> so even though, yeah, paper map, that might be a thing as well that's useful to take with if as like a, like a, like a final, like how you say, emergency tool. Yeah, to know where you are. it doesn't take that much weight in space, to be honest. No, no. At least in the Netherlands, or I think in Europe, there are like these waypoints for bike tours where you can see on like some signposts, oh, here's waypoint 462. And then you can buy like the map for bicycle tours with the waypoints. And then you can, if you see one, they're like every one or two kilometers, I think. You can see where you are almost specifically. So that's also paper map benefit i guess welcome to point 420 oh my god it's cloudy out there what's happening oh no <laughs> oh no okay <laughs> so items that you also will need during your trip if you ride at night and really also if you camp is lights so a front light a rear light uh, probably a headlight uh they may having a headlight while you ride at night uh really makes the difference yeah, because the ability to see around you without uh, turning your moving your steering right uh, yeah. is like so much easier, so much easier. And it also helps you be seen by other people. Yes, when you're cycling at night. Hundred percent. So yeah, it's really useful to just have a headlamp when you're at the camp and when because there's not going to be any lights in in the forest. Let's be real. No, <laughs> so, it's not much nicer than holding your phone. If you see some, maybe don't go too close. Yeah, that might not be right. Maybe you're in the wrong area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, these are like the main things, I think, like one of the main things of like the first half that you would need for bikepacking so that covers bikes. Yeah. But then there's also the, the bike packing. So what do you, what you pack with and where you pack it, bags. Bikepacking is really like the the minecraft of cycling is like mine and craft bike <laughs> packing it's just a combination it's the combination of both words people yeah and when it comes to the second part of that word what type of bags do we need yes really there is uh, a good amount of different kinds of bags you have like handlebar bags train bags saddle bags Top tube bags, you can also use tool kegs. So also you can store some stuff on your fork if you have mounts for it. Really, you have like all sort of things. Yeah. What I use and what Fabian use is the really classic setup. So 
one handlebar bag, one frame bag, one saddle bag. Yeah. And if you want to have like extra portability of snacks or your like phone or whatever, you can get like a top tube bag. And that's just like a small bag on the top tube where you can easily reach in to get some snacks while cycling. You don't have to try and reach to the front to your handlebar bag or it's just much easier. So Easy, I think snacky, also, accessy. Yeah, exactly. Just put like a small cheeseburger or McNuggets in there and <laughs> just eat them while you go. <laughs> but yeah, so it also depends on what type of bikepacking uh, trip you want to do. If you're doing like a minimalist setup where you're just going from hotel to hotel, city to city, maybe you're just fine with a handlebar bag and a frame bag or just a saddle bag. But if you're doing a full trip, you might need all of them and maybe more or less. Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, in the past, or like even today, people do use panniers, but panniers, you need a back rack and a fr- like a special front rack or whatever. And it changes the way your bike handles as opposed to using a handlebar bag, frame bag, saddle bag. Yeah. And I think that's also more for bike touring, I think, panniers, right? Yes. Basically, bike packing is just bike touring, but cooler, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. You spend the extra money to have it integrated into your bike, the bag. <laughs> But oh, yeah, so. the common rule of thumb is to put the most weight you have uh, in the middle. So that's all like the bag management thing. So yeah. probably Fabian can talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, so the heavy things you take with you on the bikepacking trip would be, for example, your stove and like the, the fuel source for the stove, your tools, your inner tubes, things like that. These are the heavier things, your phone they would go inside the middle frame bag. Because if it's in the middle, it's like the center of gravity. It's not going to fuck with you when you're turning or or cycling. It's just going to feel fine. And then the lighter things, such as the hammock or the the tent or the sleeping bag, these things can go into the handlebar bag or the saddle bag. Because those are much bigger than the tools and all these other smaller things. And they're much lighter. So when you turn, it's not going to have that much of an effect on um, how you how you handle the bike it will have an effect but much better than if it was anywhere else pretty much yes and if you just got your bags and all your stuff and you're planning to go on a trip really make a test ride because bikes don't handle the same with all the extra weight no so do a test ride really it's important especially on a fixed gear uh, you'll see that it is a completely different story from your regular riding experience. Yeah. So, yeah, make a test. If you're used to, like, going, uh, like, rush hour traffic, going left and right through all these tiny gaps, and you try to do that with your bags, your bike fully strapped with bags, you're going to, like, smack someone or, like, destroy some windows. <laughs> you never, it's not going to be the same thing. So, yeah, test ride. Just leaving you a trail of disaster behind him <laughs> yeah like no idea oh man my, my my big dildo bag on the back of my saddle did that no way <laughs> and yes the saddle bag looks like a big dildo oh, on the back of your saddle yeah <laughs> so more specifically when it comes to what to put in those bags you will need one of the main things for bike packing if you're not using hotel is a sleeping system so like what what shelter are you going to use and the main four ways that you can like sleep comfortably outside is either using a tent on the ground, a hammock between like poles or trees or whatever, a bivy bag that's also on the ground, and a tarp. So yes. a bivy bag and a tarp are usually used together, and a bivy bag is kind of like it's kind of like a sleeping bag for your sleeping bag. 
So yes. you have like a stub- double, double, uh, yeah, sleeping bag, and you're just on the on the floor outside, and then you can put like a tarp to cover yourself. But then you're more exposed to everything, as if instead of being in a tent or hammock. Yeah, you use a tent, right? Yeah, so I I use a tent for for one person, and I I think it's personally I feel it's really like cozy if I'm in the nature in nature. And I'm like have my own like four walls or whatever, and it feels like safe and comfortable. And I think the same thing with with you, right? You use a hammock for for camping. Yeah, I use a hammock. It's really nice. It's it's not a hammock. It's like a camping hammock. So you're fully enclosed in it uh, while you're sleeping. And I also have a tarp on top, so no rain, no bugs, nothing really. It's it's pretty good, and it's yeah. super light too. And then, but like generally, like tent and hammock, they're they're the heavier types of camping. Yes. And the bivy bag is really like the bivy bag and tarp is that's like really like the ultra lightweight uh, method because you're just on the ground in in two bags basically. You can have a tarp that is eighty grams, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it just protects if you, you from some raindrops. <laughs> yeah. If you plan to sleep under a tarp, uh, yes, but you'll be exposed to a lot of things and. When you're sleeping outside in the nature, Mother Nature reminds you how many freaking bugs there are out there. Like, yeah, <laughs> Mother Nature made like 265 million versions of mosquitoes, and they will all be there at the same time when you're there if you're in the bivy bag. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, so, it's my forest. <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, ha- um, yeah, hammock and tent they can generally protect you by having like these these insect um yeah how do you call them nets around you to protect you yes but if you're in a bivy bag i think there are also versions that have like a net to cover your yeah the opening so to say but most bivy bags are just you know you're just there open your face is exposed and anything you can just crawl in maybe that's just me being a bit paranoid but it just like freaks me out a bit to think you're just sleeping there in the grass or wherever in the bivy bag. <laughs> but yeah it's up to up to comfort as well when it comes to sleeping system Yes, up to it's up to your own ability to deal with um, elements, really. Yeah, and hotel is the best, of course. It's the most comfortable. You have a shower and everything, <laughs> <laughs> but then that's also like a completely different type. Yeah, and you, I think, like while back bike packing, like you can't. Um, I mean, what I like most about bike packing is the camping experience. The the reward you get at the end of the day to just like sit down and have a have a campfire and just enjoy it with your friends, really. Yeah. So like the camp life, that's a really big part of camp of bikepacking then. Whether it's alone or with friends, the things that you do there really like cement the whole experience. It really ties everything together. After a long day in the saddle, you want, you're going to be starving. So cooking, cooking food and, and drinking water and just getting out of your, your sweaty shoes and bibs maybe. That's like, it's a really nice feeling. Yes, 100%. And so while we are on the topic of camp life, so what are you bringing with you to cook stuff, right? So after the end of the day, you you rode, I don't know, like 200 kilometers and you're completely destroyed. Like you just need some food and sleep at that point. So what are you taking to cook with you? Uh, What? 200K. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's a good. Yeah, that really depends then on on you know, how much you cycle, how tired you are. But generally, I think a good idea to bring to to eat is 
stuff that does not rot fast. So don't bring like some smelly cheese or some some <laughs> raw meat. I mean, you could bring raw meat, but like at the same time, I'm just thinking like midsummer, all the heat and stuff, and just want to bring something dry that's just gonna stay good for a long time. It's easy to cook, like pasta, for example, or. Oh yeah, ju- yeah, just got my two gallons of milk with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro, I brought my, my milk and cornflakes. Oh man, the nice milk is clumpy now. It's tasty. Um, it, what I usually do is uh, I buy something on the way and eat it at night, and it's usually something I don't need to cook for. So like, I don't know, a big sandwich or something like this. What I use my gas stove for is really only for a coffee in the morning because making a coffee outside and drinking your own coffee outside even if it's bad coffee it tastes good because you're outside yeah definitely and being outside after a long day of exercise makes anything so much better yes like food wise but yeah what i take normally is just macaroni and uh, like powdered cheese just to make mac and cheese easily and then you bring like some salt some pepper some chili flakes whatever and then that's really filling as well and that sounds yeah. filling it sounds really yeah. heavy yes so after a long day i'm just like fuck gotta eat i gotta eat so much food and again on the topic of test ride my, on my first trip i brought enough food to feed like 16 families and <laughs> i was like okay i'm only going for one day i need one night i need to bring all of these this this, and this so i brought so much food with and i only ate maybe like a quarter of it in the end so yeah test ride will really see help you see what you what you need to take and what you don't need to take yeah probably just go yeah. for like a one night or somewhere uh somewhere yeah, definitely. not that far no so you can have a backup yes but always i think it's better to have too much than not enough yes just uh back on the sleeping side of things uh make sure you have clothes uh for just for sleeping in like warm clothes because even if it's like middle of summer if you sleep in the forest temperatures already drops but at night they drop a lot uh, i mean at least in europe right yeah so really you don't want to be super cold in the middle of the night not being able to sleep and just like being completely destroyed at i don't know whatever 4 a.m in the morning and yeah you couldn't sleep and Next thing you know, you worst. have to do like another two hundred k. Yeah, so, on like three three and a half hours of sleep, no one wants that. <laughs> yeah, so really, like, make a taste ride, a test ride, a one nighter to know what you actually need. Definitely, um, yeah. Like from my own experience of doing my test ride, one thing that I think is I did I never even thought about that I should have brought with are earplugs. Because if you're out in nature, you can hear everything in nature, whether it's crickets or, in my case, there were frogs screaming their heads off all night long. So in the end, I slept maybe like three hours. So earplugs, that's one personal tip that I think people should maybe take with them. They don't don't weigh anything. They don't take any space, so might as well. Are continuing into camp life, uh, what about hygiene? So, of course, you want... To be kind of clean <laughs> after your <laughs> after your sweaty ride, uh, so just like the fact that you're taking toilet paper, dry soap, wet tissues, probably a first aid kit. Uh, I always have one with me. Those is like those are like five euros in France at like 
a sporting goods shop. Yeah. And you have like, it's a really small and a really condensed uh, first aid kit, but you know what? It'll do the job if I don't cut my arm or whatever. Also think about mosquitoes. <laughs> like yeah. natural mosquito repellent might be a good idea for you. Yeah. Because you never know. It might be all around you and it will turn your life into hell, basically. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, and like if if you're at home and you're used to like moisturizing and exfoliating your face and having three, 30 minute showers, then you don't expect to have that in the wild. So wet wipes, they're normally, they, they do the job enough to keep yourself like basically, like basic hygiene to keep that in check. Yep. But everyone, if you're cycling with a group of people after a day, everyone's going to be stinky. It's no big deal. But if you really want a shower, what I know works is that you can just take an empty bottle with like a two liter Coke bottle, empty one. You put it with water and then you poke holes into it at the bottom. And then you just hang that from a branch and you've got like a shower for like two or three minutes. And then, but that's not even necessary. It's just like a small luxury as well. Yeah. Also, a good thing is to just camp next to a river. and Then you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can wash yourself there. So I've I've seen like people that bike pack through Switzerland or something, and then they just like camp at the river, and they can drink the water and just shower in there and wash their bibs and dry them overnight. And it seems so, it, that seems nice. Yeah. Maybe not nice in a hotel, but it seems like really nice. Yeah, yeah. To do, be able to do that. A little bit like paradise, right? Yeah, definitely. So now we so far we've discussed the main parts, so like bike, bags, food, camp life, but then there are some extra things that you might consider bringing with such as a camera to record the memories with or sunglasses to protect your eyes from the sun after looking straight for five hours a day. So I think sunglasses are really important. Yeah. To just keep yourself like like sane. You will go crazy otherwise. And otherwise, you're probably bringing a phone with or a bike computer or both. And then you want to think about how do you recharge it so then a power bank would be useful, whether it's pre-charged or with solar panel. Yeah, especially if you, if your only way to orient yourself is a GPS, you want to keep that juicy, right? Yeah. You don't want your GPS to die on you and, no. and you so, don't know where to go. Yeah, so just keep the power bank for the GPS. Put the Instagram away, put the Snapchat away. The GPS is an important piece. It is. It is. <laughs> and then, yeah, what do you think the total bike weight can be at the end? For, with track packing for track packing especially so the experience i have is i usually track back with my mash work which is already a stupidly heavy frame really but yeah. it's a good size for me it's comfy for me i like it so you know what it's good and last time i weighed it was all the bags and stuff on it it was 14 kilos i'd say don't go over 14 15 kilos really uh you don't want to go super super heavy especially if you only have if you're riding fixed gear right yeah so yeah i would say that's the weight limit you can probably go down if you don't take all that extra stuff that you actually don't need but that's something you kind of know after a few trips for example i have that ration of pasta in my bag for the last three trips and you know what i'm probably never gonna eat that so i probably don't <laughs> need that or i don't know stuff like this you don't need yeah. a, a gigantic gas canister 
uh, if you use a gas stove like me, you just need a small one because they actually li they actually last pretty long. Yeah, I, I have a gas canister and I've been using it for like I don't know, like year and a half, uh, mixing <laughs> bike packing and uh, van trips. So yeah, yeah. It, it, those last pretty long. So definitely, just like check what check what you need, and and after a few test rides or trips, you'll see what you need and what you don't need, and. I will be linking a website called Lighter Pack in the show notes. And this one is really useful. It's, I think it was mainly for backpacking, but now you can use it for anything. And you can like organize your, what you take with equipment, hygiene, food, gear. And then you can put the weight there and you can see in the end how much everything weighs and where, which section has the heaviest weight and which section has the least heaviest. It's just nice to have an overview as well then. Yes. So I will also put a checklist in uh, the show notes by Ray Co. Got up. Uh, they have like the really really nice backpacking checklist for everything you think you need or don't need. But it's nice to have a checklist. It's an extensive list, right? Uh, you have the option to take like pillows and brown clothes and stuff that are completely optional, right? Yeah. But yeah, just having a checklist make things easier. I feel. So yeah, I'll link that into the show notes. Yeah, helps you see what that you don't forget anything important, of course. Yes. And then, so now if you've got all of these things together, whether they're new or they're used or you don't have all of them, chances are you're still able to have a nice trip because in the end, the trip is what makes it fun, not the, the quality of the gear you always have. So, and then you might be thinking of how do you even plan a trip like this? If you're planning a week trip, that's already a massive, just planning the trip itself is like a massive thing to do. And you can use platforms such as Komoot, Ride with GPS, even Google Maps if you just want to explore, or Strava. And then if you're really wild, you can just take nothing and just go wherever the roads take you. Adventure. Yeah, the real adventure then. <laughs> but yeah, so those yeah, so make sure you plan your route properly if you if you want to like stay kind of relaxed as well. Like say so if you know that you're certain in a certain area with shops for uh, grocery stores or whatever gas stations that you know there's always something nearby in case there's you need water or food or anything yeah everything we talked about uh, in the last 40 minutes is really general to old bike packing really some stuff that is more focused on track packing like for example gear ratio we talked about it but also like uh, does your frame has the ability to have probably like just a little bit wider tires you don't want to go with like 23 millimeters tires I, I think like 28 would be a good start i would use 32 if you can because those make a nice comfy cushion between you and the road and when you have like I don't know how many kilometers of road ahead of you and you just feel everything on the road, you probably want that extra caution. Yeah, it will make a difference over the long term. So yeah, of course, if you have all of these things, you can go track packing now, but you might be asking yourself, why Why should I do all these things? It seems like so much stuff to collect, I have to buy all this shit and blah, blah, blah. So track packing, track packing is just another way to ride your bike. So people, to fix your bike, first existed on the velodrome and then people were like fuck that we're gonna use it on the street and deliver pizzas and, and newsletters and documents with it and then fuck that we're gonna have a 
closed circuit race called Red Hook Crit. But now there's also, yeah, trackpacking. It's just another way to enjoy cycling. And if you really feel the need to get out of the city, I think this is a good way as well. This is a good way. And if it's also like a good reason to get out of the city, even if you don't have a road bike. Taking your track bike fixed gear everywhere is 100% a challenge. Um, not going to lie on that. It is a challenge. It is not meant for it at any point. But in today's age, we have the ability to have frames with like wider tire clearance or frames that are way more comfier for ultra distance, even if they're fixed gear. You have like tons of adapters. So really taking your track bike on an adventure and taking it to place it is not supposed to be uh, is like a thing I enjoy a lot about fixed gear really is just like taking my track bike onto an adventure and you know what I don't have a road bike so I'll just do with what I have <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah so there's also like the sense of accomplishment then and at the end like oh you just did this entire massive journey with a track bike it's like yeah you can pat yourself on the back then a bit as well yeah of course all of, most of the things we discussed today can be done with normal geared bike as well. And the, the fun of it is that you have the choice. You can do whatever you want. And in the end, it's bikepacking, trackpacking. I can almost guarantee it that it will be a great experience to have it done at least one time. Yes, at least once do it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And if you want to just try it once and you're not sure, because of course buying all those bags require a little bit of money, I have to admit that, just ask a friend who already has like old setup if you can just like use it for one nighter and you'll see by yourself yeah and if you're lucky as well i i bought half my gear online like used and you can find a lot of used stuff perhaps from people who wanted to only try it once and they didn't like it and then they sold it all for like 50 percent off but you can find some pretty good deals online for used bags and you don't need to get the best bike bags like apidura or something you don't have to get the best stove the best this that just like it's a simple thing in the end just some bags some food some stove like a stove and then you're good to go there is also quite a lot of locals bike bags makers so yeah. you probably have one around you uh, i know there is a there is some in japan there is some in the u.s i use outer shells bags those are handmade in california and they are frankly amazing uh love those guys uh, if you want to come on the show please do it will be a lot of fun <laughs> um, but what do you use fabian for for bags so i use apidura actually okay and like in hindsight in hindsight i don't think i would go with them anymore they're great they're really fantastic it's just they don't do they don't do much more than other bags would have done i think Yes, it's really it's more about like the weight and just the what the way they look, but nowadays I found out there's also quite a few that make bags in the Netherlands. So I think in the future, if the Apidura bags ever give out, which I I hope they don't for the price I paid, <laughs> I will be going with the Dutch ones that are handmade in the Netherlands. Yeah, let's face it, having bags onto your track bikes looks pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah. It looks awesome. I mean, that's my point of view, but I think it looks pretty cool. So, yeah, tra track packing is fun. Uh, you'll definitely get some street creds for that. 
Hmm. And yeah, going on an adventure with your favorite bike is really a, an awesome thing. So on the topic of track packing, specifically, specifically track packing, Paul actually released, I believe it was his first was his first blog post on slowspinsociety.com. Yes. He released he released a, a little write-up about his journey this summer in France with some friends he did. So where did you end up going there? So we end up going northwest of Paris. It was like, I think around 100, 150Ks uh, northwest of Paris. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we were stupid enough to go on the hottest day of the year. So it was extremely hot. It was so hot and I was sweating so much that at one point, um, the sweat on the corner of my eyes was so salty. It was irritating my skin. Yeah. That's when, you know, it's, it's going bad. And then if you have like a black, black set of like, um, bib shorts and, um, a jersey you can see at the end like like the the white oh yeah salt. The-, <laughs> <laughs> the end of the day and then you know you've lost lost salt and actually i read like an article that it's actually a good idea to put salt in your in your water bottle like a like a small amount to replenish that that salt that you lose during um when you sweat too much because it's also important for the body sodium if you don't want to put raw salt into your bottle there's actually a little pills thingy then you put into oh, the your one bottle. that mixed, right? Yeah, then you yeah. put this into your water bottle, and it gives you like extra energy or something like that. I never used those, but uh, they're pretty nice. What's yeah. the you know the drink in Japan the the isotonic drink? Uh, it's like the has the blue name with the white text. Oh yeah, uh, Pokari sweat, Pokari yeah, sweat. Yeah, Pokari sweat. So they also come. So this is like an isotonic t- drink, like Gatorade or or 100 plus in Singapore. But yeah, this comes in the form of powder that you can mix into a drink as well, into water. And then it gives you like the extra benefit. Yes. That's also useful to have then. That's also useful to have. One thing I uh, that really came out of that trip is if you're riding in the plain sun all day and we had like, so in France, all cemeteries have water source, water fountains, okay. right? So we were stopping at every cemetery to refill all our bottles. And at the time, I had two medium bottles of water. And I was finishing them so fast. They were both black. (laughs) (laughs) So for real, the water was fresh for a half a minute. And then it was warm. Oh, that's nasty. (laughs) That sounds so nasty. (laughs) It had the face of plastic. No. Okay, so not cool. Yeah, lesson. Bring learned. a trans bring a transparent glass bottle, right? Glass. No, <laughs> don't do that. But <laughs> and also I think sunscreen is really important if you're cycling in the sun all day. Yeah, hundred percent sunscreen. Uh especially like really if you're like super white like me. Uh, sunscreen <laughs> is a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're planning to do track packing this summer as we do, because we were planning to do track packing last summer and COVID and basically everything that hit that hit the world pretty hard, uh, we couldn't make it yeah. really. Uh, but we're definitely gonna do it this summer or this spring. Yeah. And yeah, if if you're planning to do so, make your research. Uh, it's important to be prepared, especially if you're going alone in the wild. You don't want to be underprepared. Like no, 
uh, taking too much stuff on your first trip is not a bad thing. You'll see after what you actually do need or don't need. But yeah, just be prepared. And since you're in a fixed gear, you don't need that much tools. Uh, I usually carry like one multi-tool, one tube, one CO2 canister. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And a first aid kit. But that's what that's what's in my tool keg. Yeah, so that's like the basic ones that should fix most of the things then. Yeah, that will take care of like, I don't know, 90% of your problems, really. Mm. Oh, I also have a spoke. <laughs> okay, yeah. So bring the one with if you know how to use it. <laughs> All right, guys, this is all we have time for today. Uh, track packing is a pretty extensive topic, so we might do another episode about it. I don't know. All we talked about today can be found in the show notes. You can find us on Discord, where Fabian and I are pretty much all the time, really. Uh, also on the blog, slowspeensociety.com, and on my personal Instagram, at underscore poll underscore you. If you have any question for us, you can email the show at slowspeenpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have a monthly Q&A episode where we'll try to answer all your questions. So really, it can be anything that is track bike related. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Maria. And the illustration is by at Juliet Joe on Instagram. You can support us by sharing the show and give us a good review on the platform of your choice. But if you want to have access to the extended cut of the podcast, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash slowspinsocietypodcast and pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. You can have all these infos on the show notes of this episode. So we'll see you guys there. And we'll see you guys next Monday. Yep. See you guys. See you guys. Bye bye. bye. bye.